Welcome to On Tangent, where online marketing, entrepreneurship, and life collide. I'm Maida, your online marketing bestie and fellow entrepreneur. It wasn't long ago that I was a corporate slave shackled by golden handcuffs, but now I get to run a flexible, fulfilling business that allows me to make an impact that extends far beyond me. Here, we believe in the power of free-flowing conversations and unfiltered discussions, where every topic is fair game and there are no boundaries and no limits. Join me as we dive into conversations that will equip, entertain, and inspire you throughout your entrepreneurship journey with a dash of humor, lots of curiosity, and a touch of unpredictability. After all, life and marketing is full of surprises. Ready to join me? Grab your coffee or tea, and let's get chatting. Hey there, my friend. Welcome back to another episode of On Tangent. Today, I'm with Celine again, and we are diving into a topic that's close to our hearts, I feel like. <laughs> and yeah, and it, I feel like it could really hit home with a lot of entrepreneurs, and that is one of the biggest reasons we're covering it. Um, and it is the impact of social media on mental health. Um, and just before we dive in, just a quick disclaimer here. We are not social media experts or health or any kind of medical experts whatsoever. So please take only what you need from this episode. And these are all just, you know, personal experiences. We're not telling you to do any of these of these tips or strategies or anything like that just sharing our stories and our experiences um, and what we do to protect our mental health. And that is something maybe you do want to pick up on as well for yourself. All right. So now that the disclaimer is over with, um, let's get real for a moment. Okay. I'll be the first to admit that I've experienced firsthand the, you know, very highs and very, very lows of social media's influence on my personal mental health. mental health and well-being. And I will tell you it's been a wild roller coaster ride for me and I know that many of you can potentially also relate. Um so that's that's what this conversation is going to be about, being open, vulnerable and just letting you guys know what I've per- personally done and what Celine has personally done to help protect our own mental health. Um, but I'm sure that you know that endless scroll when you actually really picked up your phone for something completely different, right? I know I'm guilty as charged, like I'll pick up my phone to, you know, go on my calendar maybe and all of a sudden 15 minutes have passed and I'm on like way down the rabbit hole on Instagram. It's just, (laughs) it is so crazy. Um, but yeah, the hours seem to just slip away while you're mindless, mindlessly consuming different people's content and suddenly you find yourself comparing your life to the picture-perfect posts of others. And that comparison game is a dangerous one and that's what we kind of want to bring attention to today. I think it triggers those feelings of not being good enough and not doing enough, especially as entrepreneurs. And all of that really just fuels our imposter syndrome. And honestly, I've been there more than I would like to admit. And I still go there sometimes. It's not that I've been fully able to stop, you know, going down that rabbit hole. But 
um, I'm, I'm working on it. And I would say, <laughs> I would say that it's so, so easy to feel like everyone else has it all figured out when, right. Right. And it just feels like we're the only ones struggling. Um, yeah, it's really easy. I think with social media, even if you tell yourself, like even I'm sure most of us at this point have the awareness that these things curated feeds right like they're called feeds for a reason these are people's highlight reels because it's the thing that you see the most often it's like it's really the only part that people are willing to share like yes there are people who are you know more vulnerable on social media there are people who share the highs and the lows but I feel like that still isn't the normal expectation you know what I mean yeah it's so easy to just keep falling into that same pattern where you compare yourself and I don't know where I was going with that thought, but awareness is only part of the part of like the tools that you can use to kind of, to combat that effect that social media has on your mental health. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very true. But yeah. Going back to like that carefully curated facade that I think everyone's putting out there behind those filters and like those flawless captions and the structure of like hook body cta like all these like fan and like i'm you know obviously they work you know people do it for for a reason reason. right Right. exactly people do it for a reason because they work and nothing against that i mean we do it too like you know those captions or you know filters or whatever out there that need to look good but just remember that there's an entire world of real life messiness that doesn't always make the feed. Like, yeah, there's like mental issues that people are dealing with or personal Stuff issues, family issues. Sharing. Yeah. yeah, like personal issues, too. Like, I mean, I know I have personal things going on, too, and no one knows about it. But if you go on the Instagram account... All you see is online marketing things. Yeah, Yeah. like everything looks great. Nothing is nothing is wrong. I'm having a perfect life, and I hate that I I say that right now because I don't want that to be the case. And I think that's one of the biggest reasons we've recently stopped posting on Instagram, which I was going to mention a little bit later, but I'll mention now too. We've kind of stopped posting on Instagram because I feel like our Instagram or yeah, our Instagram right now just doesn't seem like it doesn't seem very personal. Right. Because I think we went down this like, this is a business account. Let's post business things and online marketing only. only. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So now with, you know, just opening up a little bit more on this podcast and like really trying to get comfortable being vulnerable and being open. I'm like, I don't want to show up like that. I want to show authentic. I want to show what is really happening. Do I want to show like my deepest, darkest secrets? Probably not. But <laughs> but like, or like my drama or whatever. No, I'm not going to share all of that. But do I want to be more open and like let the world into my, get a get a glimpse into my life? Yeah, a little bit. I think, I think it's important to show. I think there's a good balance to, show, to strike. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's one of those things that, people complain about when they talk about social media, right? Like there's no authenticity. I put air quotes around that that you can't see. And I think there's a really good 
opportunity to strike a balance between being authentic, but also keeping your private life private, right? Just because you are on social media and sharing things doesn't mean that you like that all of your followers are entitled to every single detail about your life. And it's also important to remember that too, as a consumer, is that there are things that aren't being shared with you. There are things that people keep private and sure this person might feel obnoxious in the amount of energy that they bring to their feed and their videos and their stories. But at the end of the day, for a lot of, at least for a lot of entrepreneurs and businesses, social media is a tool. It's a selling tool. And I think if you find yourself really deep in that comparison trap where you're like, I'm not doing nearly enough, look at everything this person's doing. You have to remember that they're using social media as a sales tactic. And that's not to discredit them or take anything away from what they're doing. I think what they're doing is still important, right? Otherwise, I wouldn't be doing it. But just kind of remembering that this isn't their everyday. All the good and all the bad that that idea comes with, hopefully it puts a little bit of distance between you and the expectation that you're putting on yourself in comparison. Mm -hmm. I feel like that was a lot of words to say. No, that was beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) Take everything you see on social media with a grain of salt, essentially. And I think that's the part that hits home the most for me personally when you said that's their sales tactic. And right. at the, and you're right, like, it's not to discredit them, and it is what it is. It is, after all, a business account, so they're, you know, trying to make money and whatnot, so... They've got their goals, yeah. Right, they've got goals, nothing to discredit that. I mean, it is what it is, right? But it's good to remember that when you are down that rabbit hole, and I, when I say you, I'm really talking about me at this point, <laughs> because yeah. I feel like... I feel like I do that, like, to be completely honest, like, I'll go on Instagram, I'll scroll, I'll look at stories and different posts or reels or whatever, and I see what other people are doing, and it's just like, wow, everyone's doing so much, and it's like, I'm not doing that, I'm not doing enough, like, what am I doing, yeah, like, why don't I do that, so it's easy to, it's easy to do that for sure. We can talk tips, like, what do we do, or what do you yeah and i say tips but like these are just more like suggestions or things that we've kind of encountered right we're all human beings might and i are all you know everyone is dealing with stuff we're just here to kind of share show you that you're one you're not alone in any of this and two if there's anything that we've done that is even remotely helpful for you or even gives you an idea of how to better protect your mental health while navigating the online world Mm -hmm. good then this episode has done its job exactly yep Yeah, so there are five strategies that we kind of came up with uh, for this episode. But as this episode or this podcast is called On Tangent, we might be going off (laughs) onto different (laughs) strategies that we might think of along the way. So we'll see. We'll see what else comes up. But we've got five five, uh, strategies for you. So let's go through these one by one. So the very first one we have is limiting exposure. And you're probably now thinking, well, duh, Maida, tell me something I don't know. But seriously, (laughs) we can't skip this one because even if it's just a reminder for you, setting boundaries is so, so crucial. And I feel like you've probably heard it a million times, but it's just one of those things. It's like, well, you got to do the work to get to the goal kind of thing. Well, you got to put boundaries around 
your exposure to social media in order to help your mental health, basically. Right. And just because social media is part of your job does not mean that you are obligated to be on it all the time. Right. Right. Like, yep. I get it. Like, if, if like, for some, for example, if you take commissions and stuff, you need to communicate with people. I totally understand. Like, you, how can you not, right? Like, if social media is the easiest, if Instagram is the easiest way to communicate with you, then go ahead and keep using it. But, like, set times where you answer these things. Mute your notifications if you have to so you don't feel obligated. Because I know I am the same way. I see a Slack message come in. I see an email. I need to read it right now. Mm-hmm. But that isn't always the best for me, right? If I need to stay focused, if you need to stay focused, do what you need to do. Mm-hmm. Nobody is going to be mad at you if it takes you 30 minutes, an hour, two hours, a business day to respond. They are not entitled to your time. And if they feel like they are, that's a different problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a totally different conversation. Yeah, I totally agree. Just to kind of call out some of the things that I do or the way I control my social media intake is by designating specific times for like browsing. But for example, you know, it's kind of hard to like say, oh, only from 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. I'm going to do this. For me, like sure, I might set that, but I'm probably not going to stick to it exactly. So what I do is I'm blinking on the name, but like basically you setting like a focus mode where I don't get any notifications from any social media accounts until a certain time. So like I have it turned off from, I believe, 7 p.m. every night until 8 a.m. I don't get any notifications. And then at 8 a.m. I get one grouped notification or like one yeah, of anything I missed and and that's been such a game changer for me. And to that point, I've made it a goal to not have my phone on me first thing in the morning for at least the first like hour or two. Because if I just start my day consuming everyone else's pictures and perfect lives and go-getter attitude, um, it's, it's just the day off wrong. It, yeah. yeah, it drives me down this like really negative rabbit hole. So I do my best not to touch my phone first hour or so in the morning and then right around 8 a.m. when the notifications come through, that's when I'll maybe pick it up and actually go through it. Or even then, I just kind of clear the notifications. And then when I go to Instagram, let's say, then I see, okay, what are my notifications when I have actually time to be on Instagram? So that helps me stay present and prevents those endless <laughs> scrolling sessions that are bound to just happen and bound to lead us feeling bad about ourselves. Um, and yeah, that's one thing I do. Um, Celine, do you have any tips there? Yeah, no, I totally agree. And I liked what you said just now about kind of like limiting your exposure being a good way to kind of force you to be present and be aware of when you're using Instagram, social, like any social media. I think awareness is very important. Like I mm-hmm. I said this earlier, but I honestly feel like awareness is the first step that you need to take in protecting your mental health, whether that's for social media or just across the whole board, right? Knowing the problem or maybe even just briefly recognizing that like, hey, I don't like how this makes me feel is the first thing that you need to do. And having awareness of 
one, your scrolling habits or like when you use social media, like do you automatically pick it up and open Instagram just reflexively because I've caught myself doing that or just when you are trying to check a notification, like maybe a friend sent you a message and then you find yourself on the explore page, like scrolling, 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 or like going through reels, just being conscious of your habits and what you're doing is the first step to, okay, I don't like when I do this, so I will not, or I'll try to not, or you can start using tools and stuff. There are lots of apps and like Maida was talking about, like do not disturb and the focus settings, like your phone can natively set them. There are applications you can download onto your phone that limit the amount of time that you spend a day or per hour on specific mm-hmm. applications. I know friends who have, you know, set their Instagram limits to like max two hours a day. I don't know if I could do that <laughs> because <laughs> I also use social media as like an inspiration tool sometimes. Mm-hmm. But I can totally see that being valuable, especially when I'm not doing so well mentally. Just yeah, unplugging from the constant feed of look at how much money I'm making. Look at how productive I'm being. Look at how aesthetically pleasing my desk is. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. So true. Like sometimes it's inspiring and sometimes it's like, okay, I appreciate that about you, but it's not helping me right now. Mm -hmm. And speaking of taking a break, I think that leads us to the next one, to the next strategy, Yeah. uh, which is social media detoxing. So Obviously, you've heard like digital detoxing personally for me, and I feel like that's probably true for you too, Celine. Digital detox is very, very hard because we work from home and we work, we have yeah. an online business, so we can't necessarily do a digital a detox. Di- yeah. Yeah. So we like to, or at least I like to, and it sounds like you do too, Celine, from what you just said, but do a social media detox where every now and then, I take a break from social media noise entirely. It's like, for me, it's like hitting a reset button in my brain. And so I'll go like 24 hours or even longer sometimes, depending on what I need at the moment, Mm -hmm. um, without even opening the social media apps. I turn off all the notifications. And it's actually funny because when I do that, I feel so much more productive in my business, but also way more engaged in my personal life. So I feel like detoxing from social media, from the whole social media world, not just Instagram, gives me the space and the opportunity to to find balance and focus for on like what truly matters because hello, (laughs) I have shiny object syndrome, (laughs) which (laughs) which we can talk about another time as well. But that could literally... If I run into 100 different ideas on social media in the first 10 minutes I open the app, I'm running around in 100 different directions in my brain. So, <laughs> yeah. So, it's been it, – that's one of the reasons why social media is so hard for me. So, I think social media detox would be a very helpful strategy. Yeah. And just setting boundaries with how you use it. If, like, a full social – so, I can't do a full digital detox. We're just going to go with that. But if you can't do like a full social media detox because, right, like the example that I gave you earlier, you take commissions and that's how people contact you, definitely setting those boundaries or having, I am not doing any work or any social media work for this weekend, for these last three days of the week, for this specific day. Even just starting there, it's so important, right? Like there are so many ideas and potential inspirations on social media, but those 
as Mida said, like those are potential distractions too. You need time for, this is how I like to think about it. You need time for the inspiration and the ideas to sink in. You need time and space to do something with those ideas. Otherwise, what ends up happening and how we end up in those long scroll holes, if that's what we want to call it. I don't know if I like that term. (laughs) (laughs) The rabbit holes of scrolling is you just keep getting ideas and ideas and ideas and they're stacking on top of each other. And do you remember that thing that you said, oh, I should try that too five minutes ago? Because I don't. And then like, it's a waste. Not okay. Kind of. It's it's a waste of that moment of inspiration. Mm-hmm. And I feel like maybe I approach it a little bit differently because I do a lot of writing and other and like all of my hobbies are super creative. But one of those things about being a creative that I find so hard is finding that inspiration and following through with it. So if social media, that brief moment of social media gives you that inspiration, stop. Stop using it. Go take that idea and run with it. So then that way something that could be potentially damaging to your mental health could end up being like a more powerful tool. This isn't quite related to be like a social media detox, but take what you need and then put it down and don't touch it mm-hmm. and stop getting distracted. Do the hard. It's going to feel uncomfortable, right? If you're so used to having social media as that little crutch for your time, as that habit that you have whenever you're in between tasks or when you're procrastinating on stuff like I do sometimes, it's going to feel uncomfortable. But that means you're being conscious about it and you're actively trying to break that habit, which is a good thing. Yeah, wow. Say it louder for the people in the back. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that was a great idea. <laughs> no, that was that was a very good tangent. <laughs> Love it. Let's get into the next one, next strategy, which is posting according to your own schedule, which I think actually leads pretty good into or comes off of what you said just now a mm-hmm. little bit. Um, so... It's something that we're trying out as we speak, and I kind of mentioned it earlier in this episode, but we've stopped posting on Instagram for about a little over a week now. Um, it's so tempting to keep up with posting, like, posting schedules that everyone puts out there, especially when everyone and their mom is telling you you have to be posting every single day. Or else, not supposed or to be else. twice a week, or yeah, yeah or else the or algorithm's <laughs> gonna disown you. <laughs> yeah, or else the algorithm is gonna come haunt you in your in your life and dreams and everywhere. But it's it's I want to like I want to post genuinely, like I said earlier. Like I feel like um, I want to post when I have something impactful to say, and sharing authentically is so much more powerful than just posting for the sake of it, and. By doing that, I'm hoping to build a community that appreciates the real me and the the things I have to say and the voice and like my voice and things like that and the imperfections and quirkiness and all of it together. And um, I mean, if you want us to update you on how this approach goes, maybe send us a DM on Instagram when we get to it after 8 a.m., <laughs> um, we can, our we time. Can, yeah, we can take a look. But yeah, if you are interested in letting in having us let you know how this little test run goes, uh, DM us at be the buzz.academy on Instagram and let us know. And we'll probably create a future episode on it. So, and we'll include a link to our Instagram in the show notes, um, in the today's show notes as well. I think I mentioned this in the last episode, but 
my like personal Instagram account is partially personal and then partially a knitting Instagram account or just like a crafting Instagram account. And for a while back when I like first started sharing more of the stuff that I made, I felt like I have to take photos and post these things at least once a week so that people see that I'm alive. <laughs> but and like I would do it for a solid month and then I would stop. And it would it would go in cycles, right? So if you actually found my Instagram and looked at the dates that they're posted, I always have like a resurgence the beginning of the year because I guess it must be one of my New Year's resolutions or something. <laughs> and then it, it lasts until like maybe March or April. And then like I fall off in the summer. And then I'll start posting again in like August, September. So I guess if you're following me, expect a post sometime <laughs> soon. <laughs> and like when I first did that, I was so concerned that all these people that were engaging with me or that I was engaging with in this community would stop talking to me. But instead, what I found is that the people that I genuinely connected with, people who shared interests with me outside of just our crafty adventures, they still check in with me. Like they still like engage with the stuff that I do. I still engage with them. They might post more regularly because it's part of a business for them. But like, I feel more genuinely connected to the people whose interests actually align with me. Mm-hmm. And they're also, like, just so understanding, right? And that's the sort of audience that I want to have. People who have similar hobbies, but are also understanding of the fact that we all also have the rest of our lives to live. Some of these people are parents who are trying to do stuff. Some of these people are still students. Some of them also work full-time day jobs. Mm-hmm. They get it. And hopefully, like, the audience that you end up curating when you start posting according to your own schedule and according to what feels right for you will also you'll you'll also find similar audience yeah and I think that's actually so beautiful so that like the way that you know your audience the way that you just described your audience is so so unique and I feel like if you have a giant audience that you got by going viral on one post or like just posting every single day and not really connecting with people who start following you. I feel like you can't really say the things that you just said about your audience, like knowing what they do for a living, like what right. else are they doing in life? And that's that's like one of the things we teach in our course, which is in our upcoming course, which is like you have to get to know your audience really, really well in order to, to be able to serve them well. So right. I think yeah, one way is to be more genuine online and be yourself, be authentic so that you attract the right people. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And then that's how you find the people that you want to follow and then the people that you don't. So like maybe you do have similar interests, but I don't like that they do X or Y or Z or I don't agree with them on their outlook on this issue. Mm-hmm. I can appreciate their work, but like we don't have to follow each other civilly, you know, like right. it's social media too. It's not an obligation. I think that's the other important thing to realize when you're dealing with social media and your mental health. This is not an obligation. Even Mm -hmm. if it is part of your job right now, it doesn't have to be. There are other ways to connect with people. It might be the easiest and most prevalent way right now because it's popular. Everyone's, it feels like everyone's on it, but there are people who like in the knitting space, since that's what I'm talking about, that like refuse to have like an active social media presence, but I'm still interested in the work that they do. So I find them on Facebook or I find them through their email list like Mm -hmm. there are ways to connect with your audience if you decide if you know down the road you decide okay this social media thing just isn't going to work for my mental health but don't feel obligated you'll find your audience where they live 
Right. And where they're at. Yep. Actually, that also leads into the next one. I feel like you're so <laughs> you're so good at like leading us <laughs> into the next topic. I'm not even doing it intentionally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the next strategy that we had, this is strategy number four, which is embracing the unfollow and the mute buttons. <laughs> So let me tell you, it is so liberating to curate my feed and follow accounts that I actually get inspired by and that lift me up. And that's something that I recently did. I actually went through all the accounts that I followed and like rethought and relooked at their pages to see, okay, am I really following this person for the right reason? Do they lift me up? Do they inspire me? What are they providing to for me? And I ended up following, I mean, unfollowing, I think, like, over 100 people, to be honest. And That's so good. (laughs) Yeah. And it just, it was like, if someone's content is making me feel less than or negatively impacts my mental state, I don't hesitate to just click that unfollow button (laughs) at this point. Um, I mean, you shouldn't. Yeah. And I feel like it's an act of self-love and self um preservation and you just got to do what's best for you first and foremost and I think that's what sometimes people don't do um they'll like they'll be like oh I feel so bad I don't want to unfollow this person because we had a dm chat going six months ago like no you got to prioritize your yourself first and foremost every time yeah and I feel like people are so afraid that they're going to take it personally but if you're running your instagram account as a business and even if you're not like social media is not the be all end all of your relationship whether you know that person in person or just virtually right mm-hmm. so yeah like like Maida was saying i have also been making good use of the mute and unfollow buttons or just even restricting right as a formally how, how do i want to say this as a formerly chronic people pleaser, I always thought that it was my obligation to do whatever like made people happy. And for a long time, like in my personal life, social media carried this really negative connotation of my family's on there. So I have to like I had to meet like a minimum obligation of accepting all their friend requests or letting mm-hmm. them follow me and stuff and letting them see everything that I posted. But I have made good use of I don't necessarily want to block them entirely because I don't want them entirely out of my life. That's actually to be determined whether or not that that's going to happen. But (laughs) for now, like I've restricted what they can see, right? Like my family can no longer see my live stories. They're allowed to see whatever I post just because I haven't figured out how to not let them see what I post (laughs) (laughs) without blocking them. But, you know, even just taking that little boundary, that step for me has been so liberating because otherwise, like my relationships would be impacting this tool that I want to use mm-hmm. or, you know, that I would be letting this tool impact my relationships with people. It goes both ways. So there's no rules when it comes to social media, right? I don't care if people say you need to respond to DMs this quickly or you need to respond to comments within the first hour that, you, that they're posted to you or whatever. I don't want to hear it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> the algorithm is solely um, an equation for how this app figures out who to give people what. The algorithm should not be in charge of your life. This is not a Black Mirror episode. <laughs> <laughs> and that is so true. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah. It's like, I feel like we could have an entire episode on the algorithm. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> the we will. algorithm. Maybe. Yeah. 
but yeah and to your point like if if you don't want to block or unfollow or whatever there's also another option which is muting people yes. like you can mute entire accounts you can mute entire their stories chats, yeah. their stories like all these different things that you can mute instead of unfollowing if you're not ready to take that leap um but something that i do for example is on my personal account, I actually, and some of my friends, if they are listening to this, I'm sorry, but <laughs> um, I have some chats on Instagram with friends and family. They're like group chats, and I love to see what they're sending, but I do not need to see them every 10 minutes or whenever they're bored and they're <laughs> sending like five reels back to back. I don't need to see it right away, so... What I do is I mute the group chats and I basically come back to them when I have the time and when I'm in the mood for social media. Honestly, at that point, it's like, do I feel like being on here? And if so, do I even feel like opening these chats? Like a lot of times I'll have so many notifications and it's just sitting there and I don't it doesn't you know, you don't have to respond right away. You can respond when you need to or when you can. And yeah, that's one thing I do that you can maybe try out as well. Yeah. And I agree with that. I have group chats with like friends and just people that I know. I literally have them on perma mute just because when they're on, they're like really on. Like there's five, six people messaging at the same time. And when I see that I have, gosh, what was it one time? Like 106 unread messages. That gives me so much anxiety. So the better thing is to just mute all the notifications and I'll get to that chat when I get to that chat. Nobody, like they're not we're all adults right like nobody's gonna be <laughs> like why didn't you answer me like five minutes like after I posted it dude you have a life I have a life I don't expect you to answer me <laughs> within yeah. five seconds like it's cool what's paramute paramute is that what you said permamute permamute so perma <laughs> yeah sorry I was like wait what what's permamute <laughs> what I've never heard that before oh it's just like a I just came up with that term but basically I have like a group chat that I have muted basically all the time like no notifications are allowed to come to me ever I can see that they're unread messages if I open the app to look at it like I'm talking about messenger for example mm -hmm. so then that way like I don't miss when oh there's some activity going on like what's what's up but I also don't get bombarded every second of the day because sometimes it is really literally every second of the day that Jeez. someone has something to say yeah that's too much <laughs> yeah exactly and you know I haven't like I still see these people all the time. They're still my friends. No one. OK, <laughs> no one is paying attention to how quickly you respond to things. And if they are, they need to reevaluate their priorities <laughs> unless you guys are all like, you know, actively talking about something time sensitive. Sure. But like generally day to day, that's not going to be the case. Yeah. And if it is, they should just call you. I hate phone calls, but if that's the case, they should just call you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's very true. Like if if they're sending you that many posts back to back or whatever it is then maybe there's something off <laughs> on their end <laughs> maybe they're just bored no I guarantee yeah. you they're just bored <laughs> yeah <laughs> um all right okay so this is our last but not least strategy that we have on deck for you guys which is celebrating all wins and I feel like social media often implies that the big milestones need to be celebrated and um, and when you go on social media, I feel like it ampl people are often amplifying their big milestones 
And mm-hmm. it can always make you feel like you're lagging behind or um, that you're not doing enough again, usually, right? But you know what? Sometimes it's the small victories that <laughs> I feel like not many people talk about, but that mean the most. So we like to, or at least um, I like to try to celebrate achievements no matter how small they are. Um, so like, even if it's just like, someone was telling me this the other day, they're like, what have you, what have you done today that you're proud of? And then I like, couldn't think of anything. And then they were like, you got out of bed, didn't you? I was like, yes. Like, okay, you can be proud of that. Like celebrate that. I'm like, wow. Like we're talking like that's so true. Like some people just for whatever reason it is for personal mental health issues, all these different things, but like some people literally cannot be getting out of bed. So there are small victories that we can celebrate. And I feel like on Instagram, everyone's always just talking about, I grew 5,000 followers in 20 minutes yeah. <laughs> or whatever, whatever exaggeration. Crazy, yeah. yeah. Like whatever crazy exaggerations there are. And let's dial it back and like, let's, let's celebrate the normal things. Like I was not on Instagram for five hours today. That's a celebration. That's a victory of its own kind of thing. Yeah. No, it's funny that you say that because so a couple things here. Back when I was in college and I was so busy and I was feeling super overwhelmed because I had like a full course load. I was working two part-time jobs to just kind of like make sure whatever. I literally, I still do. So to-do lists were my favorite thing. That's how I kept track of everything. It's still how I keep track of things. But there were times in college and even sometimes these days where literally everything I do in a day is going to be on that to-do list so that I can feel good about checking off. I remembered to eat today. I brushed my teeth today. I got dressed today. <laughs> like these little things like are so important. And it's something that comes up when I am talking to my therapist, right? Like I'm in therapy and I think most adults would benefit from being in therapy since we're being open about it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Like, even if you feel like, quote unquote, nothing's wrong, therapy is like such a good place to get to know yourself better. Mm-hmm. Like, even if you feel like I don't really need help. Sure, maybe you don't. But don't you want to know how to how a little bit more about yourself, how your brain works, the things that you're doing, like what your how to better love are. yourself? Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like, that's what that's been. But that was a little tangent (laughs) (laughs) yeah but no that's right yeah go ahead it's something yeah it's something that I talk about with my therapist is celebrating the little things like whatever it is that you're working on whether it's detoxing from social media or improving your relationship with how you use social media recognizing when you're doing something right is just as important if not more important than recognizing when you're doing something you don't like Because Mm -hmm. recognizing something that you like is coaching yourself to keep doing it. And it's reinforcing sort of like a good habit. And I feel like it's easier to build a good habit than it is to break, quote unquote, a bad one. Because ideally what you could do is, hey, I like the fact that I didn't respond to that right away. I like the fact that I took the time to think of a response to my boss before I like knee jerk reacted or responded to their request. Those are all good things and as you're like as you do it more and more and recognize yourself more and more for it it'll start to become automatic so yeah and it's also like Maida said like an act of like loving yourself Mm -hmm. like 
setting those boundaries and recognizing, hey, I like that I did this. So whatever validation you're not getting from social media, because social media is more often not validating than it is validating. I don't know if that's a complete thought, but mm-hmm. be your own cheerleader is essentially what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Like there's nobody watching you do the work, like the internal work besides yourself. So it's part of your job to recognize when you're doing it and to give yourself like a, a good job, even if it's literally just thinking good job to yourself or writing it on a piece of paper or saying it to yourself in a mirror. I don't care. Whatever works for you. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's also, it's not always easy as a small business owner, but because we're sometimes even like so isolated, like if you're a solopreneur, that's when it becomes even more important to celebrate those small moments. If it's just even like, like you said, like write it on a sticky note, send someone a message and tell them what you did, like tell someone that you did something so that not necessarily for the, the validation of it, but more like to feel like you're actually celebrating if, yeah. you know, writing it on a sticky note isn't enough for you, you could like turn around, tell it to your partner or whatever it might be. Yeah. Or a um, friend or someone who's sympathetic to kind of like what you're going through. Like, hey, mm-hmm. I did like I do that with one of my friends. Right. So whenever we do something hard or I finally did that thing that I was putting off for a week because it scared me. It's exciting. Yeah. And I guess let's do that. So what I want you guys to do today is just try to celebrate one small thing that went well for you. And if you telling yourself that or like celebrating it alone isn't enough for you, that's totally normal and okay. Turn around and tell someone else that thing that you're celebrating. And you'll see that like just even the smallest thing that you did is actually worth celebrating and you'll be so much more like proud of yourself and and you can see that validating yourself is so much more important than looking at all these huge giant milestones that people are showing off on Instagram and Facebook and wherever else. All right so there you have it friends those were five strategies that have helped us in our mental health journey when it comes to social media. Um, Remember to be gentle with yourself and recognize that social media is just one tiny, tiny part of our lives. There's a much bigger world out there. It can be it can be a powerful tool for connection and inspiration, but it's equally important to set boundaries and prioritize your mental well-being as well. So do not forget about that. Um, all right. Take care of yourselves. Yeah, take care of yourselves. Very, very important. Okay, so that is a wrap for today's episode. I hope you found these insights helpful and relatable. If you enjoyed this discussion, please, please do us a huge favor and share this episode with a fellow aspiring entrepreneur. Um, Let's spread positivity and build a community that lifts each other up. And yeah, thanks for tuning into On Tangent. Until next time, take care of yourself and remember... You are enough just as you are.